the sun and and tree roof cats. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 194 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast. We're edging right up on it. 1,000. On on episode 1,000? <laughs> yep. We really are. We're getting so close. Do you think this will still be around? Has there ever been a podcast that had 1,000 episodes? Nerdist is up to 600 and some. A daily podcast would only need to be around for a little under three years. It's true. To have a thousand, I mean, probably somebody has done a podcast that's just the same guy saying Dave Coulier every day. <laughs> Are there numbers station podcasts? Ooh. Ooh. Wouldn't be as useful, right? I, I don't know. I mean, because couldn't you just have like so many podcasts that whatever you wanted to say, you would just send them a list of episodes and each episode is one word from the dictionary? <laughs> we should have Christopher Lee record a series of 80,000 podcasts, each one being one word from the dictionary. I feel like number stations, they they must exist only out of like tradition now because there are so many better ways to, to hide information. You could just use a, a Blizzard authenticator. Yeah, for example. I think, yep. I, I think uh, this just, is definitely a Blizzard. <laughs> I think they just do it because it's cool. Or, well, I mean, they just maybe they haven't turned them off because they're afraid that some rogue agents are still out there still, oh, with yeah. their fingers on the buttons that will blow up the entirety of America. Oh, good point. If Plus, the number, sta- the number station the, is their canary. Maybe the lady reading off the numbers is really nice and no one wants to fire her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be a government program that just it's create jobs. <laughs> one job for one, one gal. Well, maybe two they- jobs for two gals. Three jobs. They just... Keep counting. Steve yeah. Jobs for Steve Gals. Steve Gals. Uh, you guys got anything interesting to talk about before we get into listener's mail? Crystal clear ice. Oh, yeah. You made crystal clear ice. <laughs> Kevin, describe your methodology. It's uh, so, an alcoholic beverage, right? Uh, this is actually just ice. It's oh. not a metaphor or even a name for something. It's just I made a bunch of clear ice. Well, uh, I guess that's cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, not as, not as cool as drinking a lot. I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of going to like, uh, establishments that will serve you a cocktail over a really clear piece of ice. Okay. And I was like, I can, I, I can learn how to make that. And it's actually surprisingly complicated because we had tried various methods before and none of them really worked. Yeah. I tried the double boil method. I tried the like purified water method. I tried, uh, the rhythm, the rhythm method. Yeah. yeah, I was okay. gonna, I was getting same there. joke. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, must mean it's really good. <laughs> so the problem with uh, with freezing water is that it it would, I think it's wood. It, if it was just is, yeah, it would be problematic <laughs> to, tra- to freeze it if it was. You wood. have to trade it for two stone. Um, you if if all you had was just was just just H two O. And you tried to freeze it, it would freeze perfectly clear. But the problem is that it has a bunch of other stuff in it, like dissolved gases. Um, chemtrail residue. Yes, chemtrail <laughs> residue. Fluoride. Uh, and so uh, what uh, what you what the boiling is trying to do is to get the 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 gases out and like the heavy minerals and stuff like that. And what the purified water is is attempting to do is to get that. But they just don't really work because they I mean really deionized water would be better than purified water, right? Maybe. 
I don't know. I don't even know. Um, but the, the, what you can do is you can just freeze it directionally so that it, uh, it freezes just the water part and it keeps pushing the impurities out, uh, out the hole. As basically. opposed to freezing the whole exterior of yeah. the vessel and then trapping all of the impurities inside it, which result in the cloudy chunk in the center of the ice. So yes. do you now also have a big pile of gross impurities? Yeah. Uh, just a big well, bag of impurities. Yeah, basically. Mm. Uh, it's like it's like when you put one of those weird cones in your ear and get out all the toxins. <laughs> right. Huh. Uh, an ear trumpet is just for no, 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 getting rid candle, of your bad thoughts. When you, when you ear candle. Yeah, an ear trumpet is for... Uh, the, the, it it also makes things louder as you hear them, and that's what they say that it's for. But really, it's for old men to get the get the filthy thoughts out of their heads without them being so directional that they'll hit any young girls. I see. Um, yeah. So you basically take an ice cube tray and you poke holes in the bottom of each individual tray, tray. using a cigar punch. Yeah, that's that that definitely uh, was valuable. Uh, and we're talking like a big, like the big sort of. So you can um, use it to cool a nice pitcher of cigar punch. <laughs> a it's big Kool Aid with cigar butts. In it. I don't know, two, two inch by two inch cube style ice cube tray, um, and then you fill a a nether like a like a picnic cooler uh, with water up to the point where you can you put uh, like a spacer between. The ice cube tray in the bottom, so it's a, it's floating about a, a, an inch off the off the bottom of the um, picnic cooler. The spacer that we used was the bottom part of a Super Mario Brothers mushroom candy tin. Yeah, because <laughs> you want it to be about an inch off the bottom of the of the cooler, like a Mario Brothers mushroom. And then uh, and then you put that whole contraption inside another freezer, huh. or inside a freezer. And so what happens is the cooler forces the the. Um, the water to freeze directionally. It freezes from the top down. You leave the you leave the cooler open, so it, yeah, every uh, only the I top see. is exposed to the cold air in the freezer. And I mean, it's still the like the it freezes a little bit on the sides, but it's mostly a directional top down freezing. And with that, just forces all of the the sort of impurities and the and the gases in the water to to sort of be ever pushed ever lower, and they just exit out the bottom of the, the ice cube tray the, in the through the hole that you've created. Huh. And so then you get these. Clear ice That's cubes. That's where you put the gift shop. Yep, they're pretty good. They're pretty good clear ice cubes. Yep, I'm I'm pretty pretty pleased. Uh, too bad that we can't really do this at a place where we do not have the luxury of a tremendous amount of space. Yeah, like here, home on the range. Living in the desert, uh, it makes a lot of sense to spend a lot of time making ice. Yeah, it's 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 ostentatious. It proves. Well, it proves to the natives that we're powerful. I was gonna say for the coming for the coming it's apocalypse your, your where water is the diamonds. only valuable thing. Yeah. So no, we'll be rich we that, for like an hour. That's why I have that big fountain out in front of the house. Just to say, <laughs> look, I can just waste water. Check it out. I learned from the Harkonnens. <laughs> what have you been up to, Riff House Portland? Uh, it's pretty good. Still uh, building furniture. I went and saw a kung fu movie with uh, podcast bro Gary Butterfield and some of his cronies last night. What, what kung fu movie? It is called Fistful of Talons. Okay. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty standard kung fu movie formula. But the the interesting part was the guy that the guy that owns the theater who does this kung fu movie night uh, every every uh, every month or so. He's the one of the country's largest collectors of kung fu um, 
like films, like actual reels of films, next to Quentin Tarantino. And the, I guess there's like that's where he keeps them. Well, there's <laughs> they're they're sort of friends because of it. And uh, he he had originally planned to play some other movie last night, but couldn't get a hold of it. And Tarantino apparently was not able to lend him his copy, but let him as an apology for this, let him pick anything else from the collection. So apparently a uh, fistful of talons is real hard to get a copy of. So he, he borrowed this, this uh, set of reels directly from Quentin Tarantino to, to show to people here in Portland. It was pretty good. What was the story? What was the premise? Uh, uh, Chinese governments and dudes rebelling and dudes fighting against the dudes that are rebelling and there's a girl that has some eagles as pets and uh, it's kung fu movie plots don't really <laughs> make any sense. What? Don't be a racist. Uh, against against kung fu movies? Yeah. Did you ever play the kung fu Nintendo game? The the one with the guys that would run up and hug you? Yep. Yeah, that was that was all right. I never got very far. I never played it on the Nintendo. I always played it in the arcade. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it was called Kung Fu Master in the arcade. Ooh. They they downgraded you for the home version. Yep. It was pretty hard. I think you were Thomas, and you were trying to save your girlfriend. That's probably true, because it was a video game. <laughs> And you I know, think it uh, used the same laugh as when you died in Zelda 2. Mm. Hmm. Thomas is a pretty good name for a kung fu guy. Yeah, sure. Also pandas. It had weird dragons. Thomas is a good name for pandas. Yeah. For Pandas are also good for kung fu pandas. guys. These pandas are named Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, that's the collective noun for pandas. Yes, a Thomas, a Thomas of pandas. Of pandas. How you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I uh, over the uh, over the weekend, someone posted a speed run of Frog Fractions. The new world record is, I think, eleven oh nine. Wow! Um, and the subject the subject line on the Twitch video was it said without timex skip, and the guy seemed really excited about how it didn't have the timex skip. So I was like, what What the hell is this? Um, and I looked into what that is and apparently like between the part of the game where you um where there's the dream se- oh the spoilers for frog fractions by the way <laughs> there's the dream sequence where the the where you're the human and you can't lick the bugs between that and like the uh the part where um where the dance the dance sequence is about to start and the there's a debate moderator asking you questions if you like jam on the keyboard uh you can skip like 20 seconds of waiting while the moderator asks questions, which was just like, this is surreal. It's, it's why, why would this, why would this happen? I ended up going to the source code to figure it out. Um, and it, what it is, is that the, the music starting is triggered by the, uh, the debate, the, the moderator's questions that triggered by that window closing. Um, and if the previous communication about the bugs eating your fruit during the dream sequences d- sequence is still open when the uh, dance sequence starts, then that window closing will trigger the, the music starting, so you don't have to wait for the question. So that was just like a, a bizarre, like, a bug that never came up in testing because no one ever tried to go that fast. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, like, 
the uh, the timing of when that window closes and the timing of when that the the bug uh, dream ends, they're just completely unrelated. So it's just a crapshoot whether you get it or not. I think it's like a one in twenty chance. So like you have to play my game for like eight minutes in order to figure out whether you get that skip. It's just really oh wow accidentally shitty design. I heard that Frog Fractions 2 can be speedrun in less time than even The Witness. I hope so. That, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm shooting for like You mean the movie ideally. The Witness? <laughs> With the fast oh, sorry. button? I meant The Fugitive. <laughs> All right, here's a listener's mail question for you, Jim. Thrensa says, hi, guys. Started poking around with Unity. Beginner tutorials went fine, but when I got into the intermediate, it seems to assume that I know what I'm doing in C Sharp. Is it more time efficient early on to learn it or learn how to rip what I need from existing code? Jeez, I have no idea. Learn to learn C sharp as opposed to, as opposed to. I mean, ripping what you need from existing code also kind of requires you to understand, right? What it yeah, does, and, right? And that is actually a, a reasonable way to learn it is to look at existing code. So if that's the way you want to do it, um, that's going to be a, a reasonable way to learn it, and also to enjoy what you're doing more probably than like learning C sharp abstractly. From like a book where it just builds it up from fundamentals or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. How do you even teach that in the context of Unity, right? Because you don't have a console, so you can't just learn how to do like, you know, printf this variable. Yeah. Well, you, there's probably like, you could probably... Or is it C out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, Unity doesn't have a console, so or rather, it doesn't have standard output. So you have to go to the uh, the error error log. I guess Game Maker kind of works like that too. Is that what C out was? Was just so if you if you compiled it to an executable, that would just like whatever you did in C out would just go to whatever was hooked up to standard out. Yep, that's how it works. Yeah, if, I mean, I would imagine the if you were trying to make games, the the most basic applications you make wouldn't be ones that print text. It would be things that make an object move around. Yeah, I bought this Unity book a couple of years ago and went through and just made the projects along with the the projects in the book, and it was like a reasonably good introduction to the editor and the environment and what kinds of things code goes into. Mm and stuff so i mean i don't know i haven't i haven't messed with the actual built-in tutorials they at the time that i looked at it they seemed pretty bad but they might have gotten better in the interim do you know what you what version of unity that was three i think yeah i i think things have gotten a lot better since then both in terms of like the the, the unity application itself and the community I thought this was Archie Lover, but now it says Archive Lover. I mean, now. Now, now that I read it carefully. Zach should totally play Volgar the Viking if he hasn't. Not only is it very good, it's also Rastan as hell. If there's one thing I know about Zach, it's that he loves him some Rastan. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's one other thing you know about Zach, is that he is excited that there's going to be a Rastan at ZapCon, April 18th and 19th, Mesa <laughs> Convention Center. This might not come out early enough for you to actually hear it and go, and you probably don't even live in Phoenix, Dwight. But if you do, come on out to ZapCon, where there will be a Rastan. Anyway, I'm interested in this Volgar the Viking. It's uh, it's hard. It's it's known for being 
uh, very difficult. But yeah, it is absolutely Rastan like. I've watched a Let's Play of it. Nice. Man. They, I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning two days ago. Uh, so to that, do the weather? Yeah, the local news uh, sent their weatherman and a satellite truck out to my house to do the weather from my arcade uh, <laughs> as a weird Zapcon promotion. And it was weird. And it was really awkward. And people have pointed out that I looked really awkward on the clips of it that they've seen. And part of the reason for that is that they never told me when the cameras were running or whether they were talking to me or the invisible people on the in the news studio. <laughs> like there were three of us in a room and two of them had earpieces and they would sometimes laugh at a joke. And I would wish that I had heard the joke. <laughs> um, so how did that come about? I don't know. They contacted they contacted Wes and said, hey, can we do a thing from your arcade? And he was like, no, uh, but you know who would be really into that is Zach. <laughs> he loves being on live television and getting up early. Those are his two favorite things. Wow. So, yeah, it, it got pawned off on me. And, uh, you know, it seems like it was pretty good promotion. We, I'm afraid that ZapCon is going to have too many people at it because it's too good. They got to jack up the prices at the last second. We keep jacking oh, up the prices huh. and we keep getting more people showing up. Like, this is really fucking up my sort of basic microeconomics foundation. <laughs> well, a lot of that relies on perfect information. And, and if there's one thing that people do not have, it is perfect information about Zapcon. <laughs> That's true. For instance, do you know when Zapcon is occurring? April 18th and 19th, Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. Do you know where it's occurring? Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. Also, we're having a tractor pull. Have you, and, uh, have you ever mentioned rally. the website for Zapcon? Zapcon.com. There you go. This Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll be the last day of Zapcon, so it'll be too late by then. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about Zapcon. I think I get to spend most of Friday uh, setting up uh, Ataris and NESs and couches and beanbags. Yeah, yeah I have and to I get to drive the monster truck. No, I have to drive the monster truck. I don't get to drive it, actually. I just have to passenger it. We don't have a monster truck. It's a truck with the monsters in it. Okay. Like us. Because <laughs> we're all... This is like in a, in a sort of Nietzschean sense. Like sure. Every... That was what Nietzsche said. It was Zapcon organizers of the real monsters. Yeah. <laughs> we gazed We gazed too long at, uh, at Rampage. And we ourselves <laughs> became the monsters. <laughs> Uh, Alex M says, did you see that Clicker Hero, that idle game that got a lot of attention, is trying to get greenlit on Steam? What are your thoughts on this? Link to Greenlight page. And then he links to the Greenlight page. It's a pretty ga video gamey idle game, right? Like, it looks yeah. a lot like a video game. I mean, I think that everything should be available on Steam, even I, even I homophobic Nazi quest. Adventure Capitalist got is, I don't know if it got greenlit or not, but it's on Steam now. Like, it's on iOS. It's on... What are they charging for it? I don't know. You can be on Steam for free. Yeah, it might be for free. Okay. What's the advantage? I guess just views, but what's the advantage to a consumer to having it on Steam as opposed to on your web browser? It's there with all your other games. Yeah. It, it's Cloud it's, saves. I mean, if there's one thing I always have open, no matter what, it's my web browser. Yeah, but it can crash. I in, with most of these things, you don't actually want to leave them open because they will just memory leak your computer to oblivion. Yeah, so you, you, you like look at them once a day and then you put them away, or at least people who love their lives do that. 
Troy writes, Regarding potions and not using them, is there a game that expires potions? For example, three game days after finding a potion, it might lose its potency and not heal you as much or at all. I would think that would help with potion hoarding. Use or lose. I feel like that would just make me sad and not solve my hoarding problems. Hmm. It, it is also a situation where I think most games wouldn't give unique identifiers to most potions. Like they just stack and are indistinguishable objects. Right. Um, the city, the potion-like object in City of Heroes. Yeah, this question actually made me think stack, of that. And then, yeah, and then you you could only carry like four of them at a time ever. So and there you were also had to only get rid of them. There were only five or six kinds of them. Yeah. So I used potions all the time in World of Warcraft because I could make them if I wanted them. Yeah. And it's I think it is the the fact that they are they feel like a very finite resource in a video game yeah. and anything that's finite you kind of hoard because eventually there might be some super hard thing that you need to marshal all of your resources for. It's jumping ahead a little bit, but like I I have continued to play a little bit of Pillars of Eternity and I find myself only using encounter powers for the longest time and then when I am like majorly uh fatigued like all of my stats are like minus 30 percent or whatever that's when i start using all of the per rest things mm -hmm. so it sort of brings me back up like using all these super powerful spells and stuff brings me back up to the baseline of where i'd be able to fight normally is there some disadvantage to resting i mean is there like an overall game clock that you're there is i mean there is a game clock i don't know if there's any you know it's, it's like a video game so i don't know that time passing really matters you think that if you can beat the entire game without ever resting, you'll see Samus's boobs? I don't. Uh, I. It's just a thing that like incentivizes me to use up all of these right pseudo limited resource. And I guess things. the camping supplies are also kind of potions, <laughs> sort of. But you don't want to like you don't end up wanting to use those. You want to end up staying in inns where you get bonuses for resting to stats and stuff. Because that's that ends up being the thing that's the hardest to well, but it doesn't. To I mean, do in the game. It's is not to, like an either or, right? Like those you use if you need to rest in the middle of a dungeon. Like you can just rest, you like can't in rest sight anywhere, of monsters. Though. Yeah, you totally can. No, there's a lot of places that it says you can't rest. Really? Yeah. Huh. I never found that. I was just like sleeping at the bad guy's house. Huh. <laughs> okay. Just pause in the middle of a fight, take an eight-hour nap. <laughs> just sit down next to that ogre. Wake I me up in like twenty minutes. <laughs> I remember in World of Warcraft, there was a, a zone that was just really like a destroyed zone, really in, in bad shape in terms of like the, the plants all dying, etc. And there was a burned down inn. And if you went and like stood on the ruins of the inn, you got rest state. <laughs> yep. I think that was probably just a funny joke on their part. That or just you could, like... like it maybe, or maybe it was just like okay. fall out of the way it was implemented. Right. Maybe they, maybe to make that burn down in, they copy pasted the in model, yeah. which <laughs> contained a trigger volume on the bottom that yeah. would yeah. put you into rest. And they all, and then they just, yeah, and then they burned just it down in game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how, that's how video games are built, right? Like, you just, did, did you build did everything you just, new and then you have to decay everything? Yeah. Did you solve the murder mystery at that end? Did you, did you, did you click on the footprints and the, thing hanging on the wall and stuff to solve was, the mystery. Is there like a locket I, or something? Yeah. I don't think I ever did that. You have to have a quest to go do it. You can't just like go discover the mystery. Yeah. You can't think. just find the locket? I don't know. That can't be your like entryway into the... Does the locket have an exclamation point over it? It doesn't. 
Hamfish writes, About two years ago, I bought Spelunky and found it so frustrating that I gave up like a loser. Well, I just tried again a few days ago, and after about 50 attempts, finally made it to the jungle. It is a cool game, and everything Zach said is true. Like, literally everything I've ever said is true. It's awesome. <laughs> that said, the music has been stuck in my head for days, so curse you and everything you stand for. Ah, man. That music is just a part of me now. I wouldn't even notice when it was stuck in my head. Uh, Green and 72 says, Dear Video Games Hot Dog, any game recommendations for people who only buy a couple games a year and want maximum replayability slash mod ability? Bonus points for anything that isn't AAA. Can I tell you about a little game called Spelunky? <laughs> it is maximally replayable. I mean, I, I have not played it myself, but I have been watching a lot of people play Cities Skylines. Hmm. If you, Seems if you, pretty moddable. Yeah, if you like, if you like, um, SimCity. And that style of thing, and if you, if you, especially if you like traffic and figuring out how to maximize traffic flow, that game is totally your jam. Um, what was the movie from the '90s about the kid that was obsessed with traffic? And then there's this big plot about him meeting like a celebrity traffic reporter. I don't. I, are you making that up? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to say that maybe the main character in this movie was Parker Lewis. The actor who played Parker Lewis. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't ring a bell? Nope. All right. Listeners, what was that movie? What am I talking about? What other video game recommendations for maximum replayability would you have? Just Spelunky. Crypt of the Necrodancer is a great rhythm roguelike. Not moddable, though. Neither not, Spelunky. Not moddable. You can, you can true. Play, play your own music in it, right? Yeah, I guess that is a, a kind of a mod, right? Yeah, kind of. What is it like? Is it Vib Ribbon or what am I thinking of? What's the one where you, it's like a level that you're running around on that gets generated by the MP3 that you're playing? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Uh, Vib, might... Ribbon, Vib Ribbon did that with a CD, with the okay. CD audio. Yeah. Uh, you're probably uh, thinking of um, Audio Surf. That is what I'm thinking of. Uh, if you like puzzle games and you like the Minecraft style of interface, I recommend Infinifactory. But that is not like super replayable, nor is it moddable at all. Well, I would argue that it is replayable if you go for, if you're trying to go for maximizing your, yeah. Plus your scores on stuff. Isn't there like, there's, there's people publishing their own puzzles and stuff. Yeah. So there's a community oh, making, you can, you, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh. you make the, your own puzzles. Sense, yeah. That feature was added later. I am guessing that that's going to end up being like the speedrun community, though, where they're just going to make things that are super, super, super hard. Difficult. Yeah, uh, I think that the, the community will judge everyone's puzzles and stuff that is interesting will also get uh, good, good results. I popped in there yesterday and played another level. Oh, yeah. I, I built the computer thing, the stack of screens with the thing on it. Terrible. Terrible that one's hard. Scores. That one's hard. Yeah. I recall. I haven't played that Maybe in it's ages. Hard to do it super well. We, uh, Kevin and I, were guests on the first episode of the Zachtronics podcast, um, where he talked to us about Kingdom of Loathing and our history and our responsibilities and our backgrounds and all that. And it's pretty good, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it seemed fun. It was fun to that's, record. That's definitely true. Um, I'll post a link to that once it's actually up on iTunes. Uh, one last one. F says. So the new sequel to Descent apparently funded today, which leads me to a question. Is there a news outlet or a way to hear about what Kickstarters you should be paying attention to? I can't wait to hear the next 10 words after you read this question. Turtle, poey, 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 poey. Most of those weren't words. 
Ah, most of them were poey. That's a word. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I'm saying, though. That's not. Well, it's like Joey with a P. Jo- is Joey a word? Yeah, it's like a baby kangaroo. Okay. Is it is okay? So a poey- Edgar. Edgar Allan Poe, Poe. Yeah, this is like a really, this is a really Edgar Allan Poe kind of story. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. There will occasionally be a Kickstarter that is like right up my alley that arises, funds, and goes away without me ever having found out about it. And I always feel like betrayed by the internet when that happens. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, how do you guys... How do you guys, this is actually, a, let's, let's all go around the table and say, how do we follow games news? I just have a bunch How do we of keep on, on top of stuff? Mostly just Twitter and they like a couple things. of, a couple of sites like Destructoid and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I occasionally check in on Polygon. I read Polygon all the time. I read Kotaku all the time. Like, I feel like I see everything that gets posted to Polygon and Kotaku. Uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Yeah. IndieGames.com. I have a bunch of things in my RSS feed reader thing that I actually stay on top of. Um, but I still do miss a lot of really appropriate things. Jim, you cut out a little bit there. What What are your uh, What are your chosen news sources? I just have a bunch of friends on Twitter that tell me things. Mm. But what if they miss something? Or what if they think, oh, he surely already knows about this, and then 90 other friends also do the same thing? I think Kickstarter is tricky, too, because... That that does happen. Like, I will miss things that I care about. Like, there are so many different Kickstarters, a lot of them just never get any press at all, even if they're an interesting project. So, But, I mean, in this case, like, F, there was one that he was interested in, it successfully funded. What is that? Like, I feel like I... There was something that I was really excited about... like, I'm not 100% sure that I knew about the Wasteland 2 Kickstarter hmm. when it was running. That doesn't really make any sense. Did you just buy Wasteland 2? Yeah, I just bought it on Steam when it came out. Did you see that thing I tweeted about Mike Selinker's new Kickstarter? Yeah, no, that was a that was a day one perch. Yep. A day one back. Were you not excited about it, Kevin? Yeah, I don't know. Meh. Gosh. I don't know. It'll be another game that we'll plan on playing together. Remember when we were going to play some StarCraft 2? Yep. Once you stopped <laughs> being busy? Yep. Which has not happened since October of 2012 or whenever that came out? Yep. I still have it ready to install. We have yet to play a single game of StarCraft 2 together. That's true. I have I have not played I have not played a single game of it. I've never installed it. You haven't played either of the campaigns? No. Are you just waiting for the whole thing to come out? No, I'm waiting till a time when I'm not busy. You're waiting for Echoes of the Void? What what is it called? No, Shat Shatner of the Void. Legacy Legacy of the Void. Oh. They don't all have the same uh initials or whatever? No, it's Waff, Hots, and Lotva. Okay. Should it sound like of three sisters in a Russian folk, folk tale. <laughs> legacy of the Coid. Uh, legacy of Dan Aykroyd. Legacy. Do you think Dan Aykroyd's friends refer to him as the Croyd? <laughs> <laughs> he's not just Aykroyd. He's the Croyd. You guys been playing any video games? Uh, I have mostly just been playing... Uh, 
La Mulana, although I dipped my toes a little bit into Monster Hunter 4, just to take a little break because I'm stuck again on La Mulana. It seems, uh, Monster Hunter 4 seems pretty interesting. It's, it's like a DS game? Yeah, uh, 3DS, yeah. And the it uses the, um, if you have the new 3DS or the Circle Pad Pro Gizmo for the previous 3DS, it uses the extra, uh, the extra nodule on that for camera controls which is pretty handy but uh it's basically a third person running around killing things and gathering crafting ingredients sort of game but it's 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 uh, very like inscrutable right like you don't it's it doesn't yeah it's got a lot it, it does have a lot of stats and skills and bonuses flying around that i don't really get um and some of the some of the weapons you can choose from seem pretty complex. I'm I'm sticking with just two small swords because that seemed the simplest. But even that has a mode that you can trigger that that gives you like demon mode, and that causes another gauge to fill up, which activates arch demon mode if you fill that up. And it's just yeah, there's there's a ton going on in this game. And it, it seems like the sort of thing where a lot of the longevity of it is in making sure that there is that there keeps being stuff for you to learn for as long as possible. <laughs> but uh, I haven't got the chance to kill anything really large yet, so it's just been weird little lizards and stuff so far. Because I'm I'm still in like the tutorial areas, but it seems interesting. Isn't it like a nine thousand hour game too? Uh, yeah, probably if you try to do everything, I bet. If you try and gather the the rare, rare materials from the rare, rare monsters to make the rare, rare armor, then it probably would take a ton of time. That's it? Um, there is one other thing I played. I do not have my iPad near me. Let me see if it's on my phone. Um, oh, um... It's a magic shot, I think it's what it's called. Let me open this and see if it plays the music at you. No, magic shot, yeah. It is a game that is... Um, if I say it's a little bit like Desert Golf, that's not really true. It's It's not mechanically the same as Desert Golf, but it has that same sort of thing going where you've... You're, you're, let me, let me start at the beginning. Let, let me explain this in a better way. It's, um, it's a game based on, I guess, French billiards, where you've got, you've got your pool table, but it only has three balls on it. It's got a cue ball and then a red and a yellow target ball. And you use a baguette to hit them. What's that? And you use a oh, baguette, baguette to hit the cue ball. <laughs> yes, but the baguette is not uh, is not represented on screen. That's your your finger is taking the the role of the baguette. Hey, your finger's kind of shaped like a baguette. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the goal is to um, hit the cue ball and and use the cue ball to hit both target balls in the same go. And um, also two rails. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. I think. Yeah. In in the real game, in like if you actually go play billiards, you're supposed to hit exactly two rails. Uh, it doesn't care in this how many. I just thought it was hit. at least two rails, not exactly. Uh, two that's rails. that's also possible. Um, but the the twist in this is every time you succeed, um, it 
warps the the shape of the pool table so like it becomes you know weird angles and protrusions that jut in or jut outwards so the the table becomes real awkward and weird shapes as you continue to play and one of one of the modes is like playing desert golf in that you just you're playing forever but you you play the same table until you manage to make the shot and then the table warps and you do it again on the next table and it keeps track of how many how many shots you've taken over the lifetime of the game and it just goes on forever um and then there's there's other modes there's like a mode where you get a certain number of lives to try and get so many points and there's a mode where there's a clock that is ticking down but the but making shots gives you points that adds to the clock and things like that man i'm buying this game as we speak it is it's pretty interesting it's a real good uh sitting around in line or in the bathroom sort of game yeah, I missed the name of this. What is it? Magic, Magic Shot. Shot. Do you um? Do you have to share a bathroom with like a bunch of people now? Are you? Nope, I got are my. Are you frequently own. in line for the bathroom? <laughs> well, I, I I meant those as two separate clauses, but I, I I imagine if I went to a a crowded theme park facility, I might have to wait in line for a bathroom at some point. Okay. What about you, Jim? Any video games? I've been playing. Uh... Grow Home, huh. which I've been really enjoying. Um, it's uh, sort of an abstract exploration platformer with weird physics, uh, weird physics physics movement and like climbing mechanics, where you like you're a little robot running around in a um, a low poly world and you're collecting crystals and like making plants grow. It's very uh, it's just a bunch of like weird stuff happening. It's just very delightful. It's made by a AAA studio, right? It's like this weird, yeah, I think offshoot team of. It's it's part of Ubisoft, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else that team has made. It was like I played about fifteen minutes of it when it came out, and I found it very charming. But then I just sort of wandered away from it and forgot that it existed. It's like you you're sort of independent. The way that you climb things is by kind of independently controlling each hand yeah. of the robot mm. and whether he grips or not, and you can kind of grip yeah, anything. Like crazy climber. Yeah, you can. Well, uh, it's like what's well, more like GURP actually, but it's less difficult than either of those. It's friendly. I mean, it's like GURP really wants you to fail. Right. Yes. <laughs> and and this really wants you to just like jungle jam around on crazy rock formations and gather crystals. Yeah. Yeah. I like crystals. No, it's it's super charming, though. Built in Unity. Yeah. Did you guys ever play Chibi Robo? No. Uh, I played a little of it way back a long time ago. I don't remember it very well. That was a game that I really liked. It was for the GameCube and it was... Oh, I'm thinking of a DS version. Oh, yeah. Chibi-Robo Park Patrol was not very good. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, Chibi-Robo for the GameCube was sort of a sort of an adventure game where you're a tiny house-cleaning robot running around, like, having adventures. And it, it's structured like... I played it back-to-back with Star Control 2, and they struck me as actually very similar, just coming from very different, like, um, design aesthetics. Um, but in terms of like, in terms of structure, it's, it's the, almost the exact same thing where like you're given like clues as to where to investigate next and you're, it's paced really well such that there's always just enough clues to keep you interested, but not, never enough that you're overwhelmed. 
and there's always an interesting thing to find. Hmm. Yeah, I really liked that game, and and this game is I I'm I, it probably thought of it because the protagonists look similar, but it gave me the same kind of feeling where like it's just the joy to run around and and look for things and and find out what's around the next corner. I've also been playing. Um, I, I I I say been playing, but I played this once. It's called Sonic Inflation Adventure. This was a game that um, someone emailed me and asked asking if it was Frog Fractions too. <laughs> sometimes when that happens, I'll just go play the game because, like, I bet it's weird. Yeah, was, did you just did you do the whole thing just to get game recommendations from the <laughs> internet at large? It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, I could I could share them. I could share the wealth now. Um, Sonic Inflation Adventure is sort of a pornographic adventure game starring the Sonic cast. Um, and it, I could really see the, the parallels, actually, because it changes genres a lot. It makes a lot of references to old games. Um, and it's just... It's very much not like this sort of... I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's very much not the sort of humor that I would write... Uh, so it's sort of like uh, the the anti frog fractions in many respects because it also like <laughs> so I have a goatee. To... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I have the I have the inverse goatee shaved out of my beard. <laughs> so, so when we kiss, negative it two the, beards. When we kiss, it forms the full beard. <laughs> oh, like like Commander Worf and Hitler, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and it. It re- makes references to games I didn't like, and wait, I thought he was just a lieutenant. Oh, maybe you're right. Probably, <laughs> maybe he got he got promoted. Back in the Hitler got promoted yeah. in the he got promoted in the extended universe. <laughs> the extended Hitler universe. <laughs> the Hitlerverse. Anyway, Sorry, Jim. Anyway, that was a pretty cool thing that I played. So, so the inflation in this is like the the sexual ballooning sort of inflation, and not yeah, economics. Yeah, like- like, yeah, like vaso vaso congestion like, prompted inflation. Like dick dug. Okay, that's but what, what like I was dick, afraid. Of. Like, but like dick duck. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, dick duck. Man, there, there was a lot like a of... dick, like a duck with a corkscrew dick that you extend out <laughs> and inflate. Just dick duck. It's is, dick. It's is... dig dug, except dick duck. Yes. Okay. It should be duck dick. That sounds like a game jam idea. For yeah. The, for the yeah. Ages. Just there, there this is dick. Of, this is dick duck jam. Just make dick duck. Just make porn. It's like a porn versions of old games jam. Yeah. <laughs> Asteroids. Yeah, there you go. Um, bubble a- booble. <laughs> Astan. Uh, Contra. <laughs> Triple X wing fighter. <laughs> so I'm just doing what? <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Um, uh. I'm just, just trying gonna, to come up with something for Defender, but I'm just I, uh, gonna move on. Um, I don't know why I was doing. I don't know why I was trying to do one for every letter. I'm playing that game where I'm going to California and I'm taking asteroids and bubble booble and contra and oh dick duck. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of one that starts with D, guys. Uh, let's see. What's an arcade game? What's a classic arcade game that starts with E? What's that one you like about eggs? Oh, Egg Venture. Yeah, uh, fertilized egg venture. <laughs> no longer starts. No longer e. starts with e. Shit. Oh no! But you can make, uh, th- make that be the F though. Ah <laughs> uh, man, fuck Xanadu. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, all right. There Jam were, theme acquired. There were, there were a lot of, like, pictures of... There was, like, a montage of inflated Sonic characters in this game. And they were all in different art styles. So, I'm pretty sure that's just a thing. This person did, like, a Google image search for inflation Sonic. Oh, man. Huh. And that was another way it was, like, Frog Fractions, in that there was a lot of, like, just art sourced from Flickr, you know? Creative Commons. Yes, exactly. Well, although I don't think this person bothered with that, especially given that their game stars <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> Sonic and, yeah. You know, I, I just uh, I remembered that iMockery.com list of all the pornographic NES ROM hacks that they reviewed. What was the best one? Uh, I don't know what the best one was. I'm just like, there was Fucker's Quest, uh, the ROM hack of Fester's Quest. <laughs> there was a Kung Fu, a ROM mm-hmm. hack of Kung Fu. Okay. Sure. There was Wilford Island, which was just an Adventure Island, uh, Hudson's Adventure Island uh Rom hack said that the main character was Wilford Brimley. I don't know that that one was pornographic. They they did like if, River did City Ransom, fetish. where every character was Wilford Brimley, and all of the signs had just been changed to read oats, <laughs> which was pretty good. Um, there was one tennis one, yeah, lesbian tennis, um, which is just tennis except the clothes have been edited off of the 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 women and. Uh, the things that the referee will say, which I don't know what three things the referee normally says in tennis, but they've been replaced with in bitch, out you bitch, fucking bitch, and double fucking bitch. Huh. Oh, and then bite bitch, and then deuce, which I think maybe they just <laughs> left deuce because it was funny. I don't know. Is deuce a real, is a tennis term? Yeah, I think yes. so. Cool. There was a, a SNES... Uh, a homemade game called a homebrew game called Rape Games, which when you load it up, it was just like a like a two frame animation that you could I think like control the speed of with the gamepad. But like the thing that that struck me about it was that this didn't like this looked completely consensual. <laughs> <laughs> just in the two frames that you could. Yeah, no, I mean, they, well, they were everybody was everybody was smiling and like, oh yeah, this is a good time. That's just the that's the vibe I got. There was also this uh, ROM hack of Gauntlet called Mauntlet, which seemed like it was the same as Gauntlet, except the characters had been replaced with sprites of Mario, Mega Man, Link, and Bart Simpson. That was somehow sexual. If you have a, a fetish for like bright yellow skin, sure, jaundice fetish. Jaundice, yeah. Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, There's every, the dodgeball where the ball has been replaced with a baby. <laughs> dodge baby. Hmm. <laughs> That's the, the newest model of dodge. It's a dodge baby. It's yeah. weird. Nobody bought it. It's one of those weird little two-seaters. There was a... There was a tiny car in front of me as I was coming back from somewhere today that had two sort of bumper stickers in the window. One of them said... No hybrid snobs on board. And the other one said, big truck dot 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 little dick. And it was just on like this hatchback. What? I don't really under like 
I feel like if you are broadcasting the fact that you drive a tiny car rather than some overt status symbol of a vehicle, you're sort of turning your tiny car into a different kind of overt status symbol. Yeah. Yeah, but hmm. they like that one. <laughs> the best thing that I ever saw on a car was it was just a big pickup truck that just had a it had a bunch of like cowboy style bumper stickers on it the kind you would see in the town that i grew up in where you know like uh you know cow uh wrangler butts drive me nuts that was a that was a common one uh, that that cowgirls would have on the backs of their trucks but probably the finest rear window of a pickup truck sticker that i ever saw was i am guessing that the sheet that they used to apply this was probably a foot and a half by a foot and a half and it was a big like a like a like a kiss print like a lipstick like a lip print and around it above and below it said i like lipstick on my dipstick classy yeah huh. it's like he's taking the bold stance i enjoy being fellated <laughs> and i wonder if like did that guy ever get laid ever? And if so, was it in spite of that sticker? Yeah, did or he have to hide the, the back of his truck? Hmm. I remember, I don't know why this was. I remember at some point when I was a kid, my dad got this. It was like a, a thing that you would put across the entire back window of a pickup truck like when they were sort of small and rounded windows in the back and didn't have the segments for you to open them and it was just like this weird desert landscape and my mom was so mad about it and i don't understand why like i don't know if there was some weird connotation to it that i didn't understand but yeah, it just seemed like that's usually the sort of thing that you understand as an adult you like you think back on you suddenly get it yeah. It might have just been an extravagance. Like, I don't know how much it cost. I remember her also hating. Dad always really wanted uh, cement pink flamingos in the front yard. <laughs> okay. Are those and made of cement? Well, the, they were at the time. Wow. <laughs> um, or, I mean, maybe he just sprung for the really nice ones. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it was the thing that he had wanted for a lot of years. I think those are still there, just sort of weirdly decaying. They were reinforced with rebar. And they had, like... Did the, were the legs rebar? Yeah, the legs were just rebar. Okay. Um, yeah. Huh. Anyway, that was another thing that my dad did that my mom didn't like. and I, But I just... The, the pickup truck thing, like, I just don't... What objection could you possibly have maybe to putting, like, Maybe she just thought a, it looked tacky. A printed tint? Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe she, yeah, maybe it did look tacky. It I could have know. connotations for her of, like... I don't like the desert. <laughs> yeah. People that she didn't like Are or something. Are there any photos of this? You can crowdsource this question. Oh, maybe I could. Yeah, why would someone's mom not like this? Why would... What, this one weird trick yeah, hated go, by a mom. Go you could also overflow. ask your mom. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right. I, I was afraid to bring that up. I didn't know if she was alive. No, she is, and she's coming down to help us at ZapCon, April 18th and 19th, Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> so you can, report, you can report back next week. I can. They should have sent the weather guy to my mom's house to do the weather and also ask her why she didn't like the pink flamingos or that weird truck <laughs> window decal thing. I played a bunch of, uh, I mean, not a bunch. I played a couple hours of GTA V uh, on the PC after spending about an hour getting it to run at all. 
because oh, yeah? man, it was a technical disaster for me. I still, I, if I run it in full screen, I get like five frames a second. Wow. I can man. run it in a window and it's more or less fine. Um, I had to like upgrade my video drivers and dick with the settings a lot to get the mouse to actually like work in a non nauseating way and make it so you could actually aim, you know, faster than everything would move. It's so gross. And it's still like just a ton of like weird, like, all right, I'm driving past this building and the windows keep disappearing and reappearing, like just textures loading and unloading and stuff. And on top of that, like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes in, I was like, wow, I'm really annoyed by the constraints that this game is placing on what I'm allowed to do in this world because of the stupid missions. Like, it wasn't like I didn't really try to push the edges of it, but it didn't unlock any of the other like it didn't it did not give me the impression that I could like go do taxi missions if I wanted to. It was like you're going to have to play through the first like few hours of the story in order to unlock the features of the game. So I was like, oh, maybe what I want is the GTA online thing, because then that's, you know, that's just like sort of sandboxy stuff in the world and went into that. And the f- I'm not sure they even have taxi missions anymore. Like, I think there's yeah. a lot of stuff that they've really put like if, if they exist, then they're just not interesting or not fun but i had heard that gta 5 went like pulled back a little bit from where gta 4 had gotten rid of a lot of that stuff but i don't know that's definitely true but i don't remember there being taxi missions specifically the online stuff i was excited about like like you you know it makes you go through this whole process of making a Rockstar social club account and like going through like, oh, I'm going to run this from Steam and then it pops up a thing that looks like fucking origin. And then I guess I'll just wait for four or five more loading screens before it finally gets in here. That was like the most frustrating thing about trying to get the settings correct. It has this benchmark mode that you can throw it into that is like it'll figure out your video settings for you or whatever, except that running the benchmark mode also starts story mode running in the background. <laughs> So the benchmark mode can only run as long as it takes for inaction to cause you to fail the first mission in story mode, at which point it fails and exits without figuring out what your settings should be. Like, it was pretty good. Also, in full screen, the left mouse button doesn't work (laughs) on the menus. Great. um, This this sounds like not a very good PC launch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems like about 75% of people are like, this is great. I don't know what you assholes are talking about. Why are you complaining about this game? Like, well, because this, like, because I would be playing it if it would run, but. Is it because you have a very old computer? And I don't know. Video I mean, my, card at this point? my video card is probably only a couple years old. I guess that's old. I don't think of that as being old anymore. Like, I feel like PC gaming hardware lasts a while, but maybe that is just because I'm used to ports of xbox 360 games which were all designed right. to run on 10 year old hardware well notably time. like gta 5 ran on the 360 oh did it yeah it came out on the that on the 360 and ps3 first no oh. well yeah i don't know i i went into the online stuff and i like it starts out by just putting you in a race with other players, which I thought was pretty cool, actually. Like, that's the very first moment that you are in control of your guy in GTA Online. You're just in a race with real people, which was pretty cool. And then it was like, all right, now do this first tutorial mission. And then it put me into a mission that I cannot conceive of a way in which I will ever be capable of finishing this mission. Like, 
I don't know if this stuff is just designed for people who are experienced GTA 5 players or what, but it's like, get the drugs, and the drugs are in this dot that is apparently a car driving away from you on streets way faster than any car that you're going to steal will go. Maybe you could catch up with him if you never crashed, but that's not going to happen because you don't know where these roads go. Yeah, it they're, sounds they're, like you're expected to know how to play the, the single player. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's aggravating because I'm interested in just like driving around and doing stuff in this city, but it seems like it always gives you exactly one thing to do. And if it's not like the thing that you want to do, then and you can't sandbox and just goof around for a couple hours. Every time I no, every time I like run, like oh, I reconnect, I'll just switch to a different instance of this. It's like here's this mission. It just starts with the cutscene where I'm getting this mission to get the drugs. First, it's go to the meeting, and then it says get the drugs. Which, I mean, really, that's like your to-do list every day, right? <laughs> First, you got to go to this meeting, and you got to go get the drugs. Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Narcotics nice. Double Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, I, I will probably go back into it, because it seems pretty cool. I mean, like, driving a car around real fast is fun. If I, I wish I had any affinity for L.A., <laughs> Like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is a perfect simulation of driving in L.A., which is like in just just in case you're in a good mood. Here's a thing to fix that for you. I mean, is there lots of traffic and stuff? Yeah, there's there's cool. Tra- you know, it, it, like there's never like stop and go traffic on the freeway that I've seen so far. So it's so not it's not like, it's not a, it's not an accurate really simulation. A good simulation. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, the voice acting is pretty good. The characters are likable in spite of the fact that it's like mostly just hey murder these cops with me cool like ugh. i was I watching know, i don't know why about this game i was watching over your shoulder as you were playing the very beginning or i guess the credits were rolling you weren't even playing and it just it struck me as very uncanny valley like the the it's getting so close to photorealistic that yeah that the diff- that the small differences that really sort of call your attention to the fact that these aren't real humans that are just being filmed make you feel very creepy so you should play it on 360 where it looks a little shittier oh yeah (laughs) i mean that's i i am all for like sort of very stylized not realistic looking stuff yeah because i feel like that is provides a stronger narrative for me plus i mean that it it lasts longer like things that have Things that were cell shaded still look good after like ten years, whereas the stuff that that where they were going for realistic ten years ago look like garbage now. Yeah, I feel like Dishonored, for instance, will probably have a little bit more longevity. What yeah. about Borderlands? Yeah, maybe because it's. Yeah. I mean, it's got a very Just particular style. Yeah. yeah. Man, they've got to be announcing a Dishonored two soon, right? Like, they've got to be. Like, why wouldn't you? Did, you have to. Did it Did it sell very well? I think it did, yeah. I remember them announcing that it sold well enough that they were definitely going to do a sequel. Okay, yeah. Um, Maybe because it's a stealth game, it will just be out <laughs> in stores without any announcement. Oh, Turns man, out it's called like, Fractions, too. They'll hide it places, yeah. Hmm, yeah, I notice you're being pretty quiet, Jim. Mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll announce it at E3 when they announce Fallout 4. For the love of God. Or, I don't know, Elder is Scrolls. Is that the subtitle? Elsewhere. For- <laughs> oh, are they really? Is, is it just going to be a cat game? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, every Elder Scrolls game is a cat game. Why would you play any other race? They're a cat. 
Mm-hmm. You just that makes sense, like that your primary interaction is just knocking stuff off of surfaces. <laughs> It would be kind of funny to play like a super low intelligence gadget, just like I'm just a house cat. <laughs> what if you could like do a mod that would just make your character really small so that walk <laughs> on all fours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, what do you think a game would be like that was actually from the perspective of a cat? Like what what is a cat's visual? There input is look like to a cat's brain. No, I don't know if they've they I don't know if they've altered for its for how their vision works, but there is that game where the where you're a cat and the goal is to knock everything off all the shelves in the room. Right, cat, cat lateral, lateral damage. damage. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I guess a cat's eyes both they point forward, so yeah. it's not going to be that different. Although they they're structured very differently than our eyes, right? Because they just have the weird shaped pupils. Yeah, so I don't know how that impacts the light gathering yeah Uh, you know so much of of like a modern animals sensory input seems to be scent related and we don't have any kind of yeah there's not really analog like how would you how how would you present that that? i mean stuff glow it like batman yeah like context context atoms of stuff halos and stuff hmm cat game I think about it dungeon keeper had uh you could possess every creature in your dungeon they all had a different like visual rendering style yeah using like the the software rendering equivalent of shaders and i don't think there were any cats though so we can't go to that for reference i don't remember what things look like if you possessed an imp i don't either i think a lot of it was just like how close the camera was to the ground (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and like how much of the ex, like what sort of blurry overlay they put on it to yeah. make an eye shape. Yeah. Have you played anything, Kevin? Not nothing new. I've not. I've I've have continued to play a little bit of Pillars of Eternity and Pancake Flip. Pancake <laughs> and uh, is it called Pancake? Just Am pancake. I just calling it Pancake Flip because I don't know what words mean. Yeah, uh, I'm getting very close to finishing Alcazar. There's uh, the last two sets, well, the last, the second to last set, the the one where there's just an entire line of uh, yeah. squares that may or may not be part of the final design is way, like, just that, that order of magnitude more challenging. super hard. They added that after I finished it, and, like, I, I've tried to go back to it. It's it's way more difficult, the, the whole, yeah. uh, the line of, of uh, squares that you might or might not need to touch. Yep. It, like... It's still, you know, logically deducible, but it's just an order of magnitude more thought involved in each level. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good game. Still. Oh, I guess I played a bunch of Hearthstone too. Oh yeah. Are you done with the content, or is that are they still doling that out? Yeah, it's every Thursday for five Thursdays, and the third one is tomorrow. Oh wow. So, okay. Yeah. So it's it's they're doing it pretty slowly. Why do you suppose they do that to sort of keep people interested? Longer? Yeah, sustain interest. I mean, I was yeah, wondering. it's it certainly works on me. Like I've been continuing to go in and play to get the quests every day, and like I've been you know getting gold and spending it on cards and playing arena runs and stuff. Like every time something new comes out, it gets me back into Hearthstone for a while, and it's fucking great. It's just a fun game. It's so chunky, and the challenges 
in the single player content are so neat. I like, I just want more of those every day. I want a new one of those every day. Just some weird, this is a guy who all he has is every round. He summons like a, this same copy of the same monster or whatever, like make one of those every day and ask me for a dollar and we'll give you a dollar a day. That's over $300 per year. Yeah. Even if you did it only every weekday. Okay. I don't know. That seems like it'd be fun. Every single day, a new single player challenge. I think. Get on it, Ben Brode. It would. I feel like you'd have a. You'd hit a wall where it was hard to come up with something that was fresh and new each day. Well, maybe you would. I wouldn't have any problems. I'm a creative mastermind. <laughs> you could also, play a game with mastermind. Not, it's not our job to do it. It's Blizzard's job. Yeah, it's Ben Brode's job to do it, Ben Brode. <laughs> Ben Bro's really cool. I liked having him wandering around my garrison because I'm like, hey, I know that guy. I'm not going to spend $1,000 on your stupid Hearthstone trinket. A thousand actual dollars? A <laughs> thousand gold is what oh. I meant. Sorry. I get gold and dollars confused. Now that they're fungible <laughs> in World of Warcraft because of those time tokens. Right. Which is, you know, just what the, the, uh, the, the English have known all along. Yeah, the gold coins and dollars are fungible. Man, it was satisfying. The what? Can you go both ways? In World of Warcraft? Uh, From from dollars to time tokens and then back? Yes. Wow. Well, no, you can't convert the time tokens into dollars. Oh, oh, no, okay, sorry. I guess that's... Okay, yeah, I mean, at that point, I think they come up against banking regulations. So there's... You can make your own currency there's like there are all kinds of communities that have script Mm -hmm. that they use internally and that doesn't run afoul of any kind of weird federal Uh, laws like chuck e cheese tokens (laughs) sure for example i mean that's norton's being able to convert them back into money yeah that's the trick and i don't think I, i think like if there are places that do that then it's i think they're just getting away with it because it's small scale and nobody cares Maybe there isn't a way to exchange. So I'm thinking of like Ithaca bucks, like the city of Ithaca in New York has their own currency. Really? And yeah. And it's like people, I think most businesses in the city have agreed to pay their employees like 10% of their salaries in Ithaca dollars or something. And you can only really spend them in the town. So it keeps that portion of the money supply with that imaginary portion of the money supply. I mean, well, no, it's like it's. People's salaries are partially stuff that you can only spend in town, right? So yeah. that's interesting. Wow. Everybody has to be playing, though. Yeah, right? I think I think enough people are on board with it that it works. You can you can exchange them for goods and services, and I think a lot of places will just accept it alongside cash for any of the objects that they sell. So I guess then they use it to pay their employees. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's the thing. Because it's because enough people are doing it, it just circulates internally. I don't know if you can convert from cash to that, but you, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that somebody could, somebody would would do that at least in form person from doing it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like so, like there's got to be a secondary market in that way. I mean, and there's probably nothing stopping a person from selling a WoW token to someone for one gold and. Then they go over to in, each other's houses, houses and hand over twenty bucks, right? Yeah. Like right. Uh, actually, yeah, I don't think they're tra- they're not transferable in the normal way that objects are in the game. Oh, they they just they go straight into the auction hall and 
you you when you go to buy one you're not buying it from anyone in particular you're just buying the cheapest one in the pool or whatever yeah i guess that's what like spiral knights did with their stuff and what uh wildstar did i guess they're called ithaca hours they're not even uh um triageable either because once you buy one from the auction hall it gets automatically applied to your account arbitrageable arbitrageable okay you can't buy you can't buy them cheap and then resell them high does ithaca hours mean that everybody's labor is worth the same amount i i don't know if it's because it's capital h-o-u-r-s so it might be like yeah based on something i, I don't be know an acronym yeah yeah there's what a, a weird thing there's a barbecue joint in berkeley that takes doge coins <laughs> <laughs> well so like yeah bitcoins are another example right like that's yeah, a yeah and that's a secondary currency and they're completely unregulated because they can't be right ah <sighs> man bitcoins we got somebody got real real mad uh at me for not accepting bitcoins as kingdom of loathing donations and sent me a, a real screed mm-hmm. about it and my point to him initially and it, it remains to be like we accept money we accept dollars and if your claim is that it is easy to turn bitcoins into dollars then why don't you do it and then give me those dollars <laughs> instead of making me do it. Like he just doesn't want the transaction to be traced. <laughs> I guess I guess that's true. It is pretty shady. Convert it into actual dollars and mail it to us and we won't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Get it from get buy some Silk Road. Okay, convert it into tabs of acid from Silk Road <laughs> and then mail them to us. Uh on the back of the stamp, man. So when you lick it, man, it's like your mind is free, man. Wow. I'm mailing myself to space. <laughs> That's what you do when you lick that stamp. Do you think that they used one of those stamps to mail it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing in there. This is just an empty envelope. <laughs> well, but th- did they lick the stamp to mail it? Yeah, so it's not as potent anymore. <sighs> it's like a used yeah. tea bag. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna lick somebody else's tea bag. <laughs> hey, this assignment: mm. <laughs> deadly, deadly rooms of death. Jim, yeah. yeah, you have the most experience in history with this. Yeah, lead the way. Okay, so I played the second sky up to like level eight or nine. Oh um, wow, I didn't finish level one. I, I got stuck. <laughs> really? What did yeah. you play? Did you play the second sky? Uh, yeah, play second sky. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it starts pretty hardcore. Like, I don't, I think it's not a good one for beginners. Well, after, after I play, after I got stuck on that, I went back to Rooted Hold, which was uh-huh. the one I remember playing back in the day. And that one had some kind of bug in it where it kept causing had a lot of bugs, those roaches. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> it kept causing my, my keyboard to become disassociated. So I had to unplug it and plug it back in. Oh, and and that started happening with such frequency that it, it wasn't worth it anymore. Wow. That's annoying. Yeah, that sucks. Well, that I feel like I'm not leading the way anymore because I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> But well, other than the that, first was fun. Four oh, okay. levels of root hold, I guess. Yeah, yeah, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I played like two levels of Journey to Rooted Hold, and I, I like I wouldn't say that it's a game. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it's a video game. <laughs> I it it just seemed really tedious. Like there just seemed to be a lot of things where, like a you, you're fucked if you actually just hold down the key and let your auto repeat move you. So you really have to just tap the keyboard every time you want to move. Oh, if and there's like, if there's monsters on and, that screen, and the granularity of the grid is really small, like for a grid based game. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, rem- I came to this from NetHack, where it's the same grid size, approximately like it's the same order of magnitude anyway. So it felt natural to me. Yeah, this feels different somehow because probably because of the sight lines. Right, because you're not like exploring a little bit of the area at a time. It's just a top-down view of the whole thing. And like, I there were a lot of things about it where I was just like, you know, there don't need to be twenty cockroaches in this room. There could be five, and it would be the exact same puzzle. Yeah. Right, and you just wouldn't have to like back forth, back forth, back forth, back forth, back forth. Which is like you have to do just enough times that you just want to rock back and forth on two keys. But then if you fuck that up, you're dead, and then you have to start over. And if that was like the fifth of five things that you have to do on that one room, I mean, I guess there's an undo feature that I didn't use, but that apparently only goes back one step. You can set it to unlimited. Oh, can you? (laughs) I also just could never really internalize which of Q and E. W. We're going to move this Q and W. We're going to move the sword in a given direction. And so a lot of the time it's like, well, I, I know what I need to do is to swing my sword to kill that cockroach. But then I would just hit the wrong button and the cockroach would kill me. If it's pointing up. I mean, it's, it's clockwise, counterclockwise. I mean, did you, yeah. so when you yeah. played skate or die, did you not play goofy foot? <laughs> I did play goofy foot. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I understand conceptually that it's clockwise and counterclockwise, but like that doesn't feel like the right way to control a thing when it can be pointed in an arbitrary direction to me. Do you want a Robotron style? I think I kind of do. Like I was thinking about Gyrus a lot while I was thinking about these control schemes and Gyrus is really nice because you're moving in a circle, right? So it's like a weird kind of thing, but it's just like at any point where you press the controller in a direction, the ship will just go towards that direction in the easiest way that it can. Right. So yeah, the, that sort of thing seems like it would like lead to a lot of cases where I don't know, it might misread your intent. Not in this case though, right? Like in this case, because it's so, because the granularity of the sword pointing is so coarse, like if your sword was pointing right and you hit left, it just wouldn't do anything, right? But if your sword was pointing right and you hit up, it would go up 45 degrees and then either down or right would send it back to the right from there. I mean, it seems like it seems pretty clear how you would do that. This is but I mean, this is this is obviously just like a preference thing, right? It was just a thing that, like, I was constantly getting killed because of fucking that up. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of it was just like, oh, I better not fuck this up. And then I would overthink it and not, like, correctly translate uh, that's, between. That's interesting because that's like a thing that it just, it was always very natural to me. And I, I had actually thought it was just because I think of the, I think of the, it is char- character relative motion the same way as in Skate or Die. Um where right means clockwise and left means counterclockwise. Um, 
I, I don't even know how to respond to the idea that like you would push the sword, push the direction you'd want to move the sword in because like I've never even, I'd never, the idea had never even occurred to me. I've never like, so I have no idea what that would even mean to me as a player. I almost got stuck on the first level because I forgot that you could move diagonally between blocks. Yep. And like, there's one screen where there's a bunch of rocks in the hallway that are impassable. And then the next screen, there's a bunch of rocks. There's two rocks that you're just supposed to go between. No, you can actually, you can actually go through those. Oh, the first set's not impassable. Oh, well then I just felt like the game was trying to teach me something, but really the the first like secret room is found. Well, the game was just flipping me off and. (laughs) So the thing that I was going to say is I I remember watching over your shoulder uh, as you were like traversing sort of this long windy corridor and being like, why am I being forced to do this? This just seems tedious. And the only sort of argument that I was able to find that said that maybe there was some value in that is there are places where they they're hiding secret rooms. And so having stretches of hallway are opportunities for them to hide stuff so that you are looking for things as you're traversing these windy paths. Hmm. Um, that's, I mean, it really did just seem like there were a bunch of rooms whose only purpose was to waste your time, which I found kind of frustrating, like, because it has the structure of just a puzzle game, right? Like it's just screens that you clear and then a flag gets tripped, but like, then it puts them together in an actual physical space. In an actual physical space, which then has all of the constraints of a physical space. Like, these all have to fit together. And if they right. don't, then right. you just have to put this long, pointless hallway between these two things. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know. It's... I appreciate being given all these games as a gift. And I should try some other ones than... I, you know, I did the one that people recommended starting with. And, I mean, I should know from, like, watching the kind of advice people give other give new players of KOL that I shouldn't necessarily listen to the advice of people who are really experienced with this series in terms of like how to enjoy the series. I definitely felt like I was dropped in the middle of a plot that I didn't understand. Which one did you play? I, I started with the journey to rooted hold. Okay. Yeah. That one definitely follows on from the previous game. I think. Cause it, I guess it, the first one is, I assume Dugan's, hold or Dugan's castle or whatever. I don't, I don't think of that game as having a plot at all, but it might just be that I ignored it. Well, no. And maybe it didn't. Maybe, maybe the plot came in the second one. Cause I like, I, I watched the sort of, I didn't watch the spoilery thing, but I watched the sort of intro discussion in second sky where it's talking a lot about all of the stuff that you've done in the other games, basically. And I was like, huh. And remember when I walked back and forth in place (laughs) 40 times because there were, 40 roaches in this room instead of four there there were a couple of rooms where there were a ton of roaches and it actually was important to the puzzle uh to figure out how yeah, to, how to some, right, maneuver to figure out how to maneuver them into this into a line in, yeah in the constrained amount of space that you had sure yeah but there were a lot of times where it just wasn't right like you sure and i don't know what the the sort of design choice was because it's possible that it's cool looking yeah and it's possible that there there were ways to trivially solve it with fewer or something so maybe they wanted to make it if i had known about the unlimited undo i think i would have played a lot more of this that was in the email that we were sent it's like here's here's what you should do 
Oh, set shit. up all this stuff and then go go to the things, do the unlimited undo so that you're not stressed out about turn count. Uh, I read it so long ago that I just kind of forgot. Right. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Eh, I wish I had spent more time on this. Also, we've just been really busy. Yeah. I I I like the games. I I It was I, more fun than doing everyone's taxes, which yeah. is the only other thing you did this week. <laughs> oh, so I did I did my taxes, I did uh my girlfriend's taxes. I did not do, but I had to prepare stuff for the company taxes. Which and is then, also my taxes. Yeah. So you kind of did effectively my taxes your too. taxes. And so. then the nonprofits taxes for Zapcon, April eighteenth and nineteenth. Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. Come and have Kevin do your taxes. <laughs> I'm like uh, Andy Dufresne and in the prison, just doing everybody's taxes. Yep, making new identities. Ah, oh, fuck. Are you going to run away to Mexico with most of my money someday? <laughs> I, maybe I've already done it. It would serve me right. Yeah, for not appreciating you enough. I've I have built a simulacra. This is not a real person. Wow. Yeah, it's Finally good. figured out how to make another really Kevin. Good. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. Can, <laughs> can you right. do the, one more? The completely transparent ice was the final piece in that puzzle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ritual is complete. <sighs> the pentagram made of bird bones and <laughs> one desert diamond. Well, does anybody else have anything to, to say about this? Like, I can definitely understand why people like this game. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you are into the moment to moment puzzle solving of it. This is a thing where it's like, wow, there is a fucking lot of this for me to play. And it was clearly made with a tremendous amount of care, right? It has like, you know, I don't necessarily think the voice acting is all that good, but it's there and (laughs) hooked up correctly. And like, it's, it, it is done with high production values, if not high quality, which is, like, just shows that someone cared about it, right? We did the best we could. I mean, it's sort of like KOL's art, right? Like, we do the best we can with the source art that there is. Right. Right, which is which is constrained by the fact that I don't really know how to draw, but we make sure, like, if something is fucked up, we will fix it. Like, if something is fucked it, up because we resized it wrong, we will fix it. I mean, it's the difference between being able to make... A, a sort of level of this game in a week or a month or something like that and then the witness taking five years or whatever because it's also a puzzle game that's sort of world explorey but has taken them forever right like yeah you know like i there's a lot of benefit to just having something that's lo-fi that because all you want is the the sort of mental joy right. of solving this, but I mean the, abstract the, the lo-fi is not is not what is important, right? It, it is the it is the sure. it is the thoughtful and careful execution of low fidelity that like there's a reason that this is like a cult hit, and it is because it is a very good thing. Right. It might not be a thing that you like, but it is a good thing, and that's uh, like I'm actually really really fond of these super sort of homebrew video games like Like tobias in the magic scepter i I thought that was really i thought that was really charming Mm. it was it was interesting it was like outside of the the sort of like i mean it was clearly somebody who played other video games but like they were they had spent a lot of time making the the game that they were really excited about and everything was sort of bespoke and i really liked have you talked about that before yeah that was an assignment assignment. yeah um and we uh and eg was is another game that's just like or like the Super Spider-Web software guy. Yeah. yeah. I played a bunch more of Avernum too that I didn't really talk about, but then I kind of 
wandered away from it when Pillars of Eternity came out, which I I, know, I played like a quarter as much Pillars of Eternity as I did of Earnum 2. Hmm. I wonder if you'll go back to Pillars of Eternity. I think I would start over if I did and maybe just make a guy that's just a fighter with no skills and then make a bunch of other guys that are just fighters with no skills and just treat it like a like a really weird RTS. <laughs> I I almost would be tempted to just play a generic fighter as the main character because so many of the like watcher abilities you have are super close range. So having a ranged character was really mm. suboptimal. Um and it seems like and it just seems like it'd be nice to have somebody who's always out front be your main character anyway. Knowing that you can toggle, which a lot of people wrote in to tell us about, uh, knowing oh, that you can toggle plates. the visibility of NPC names and, and stuff like that, just it would, seems like it would really change it a lot. Because, yeah. you know, I get that you can hit the button to highlight it, but you just have to leave it on all the time. And like, yep. I don't, this is like a top down. I don't care about verisimilitude right. in this. Like, I wouldn't be able to see around this corner. Right. It's fine. <laughs> right. Like, um, so what's our next assignment, Jim? Uh, we should play catacomb kids. Tell us anything about catacomb kids. It's, it's a platformer roguelike where you're running around in a dungeon. I think you're one of the kids. Is it like crystal catacombs? I haven't played that. I don't know what it is. It's it observationally watching, uh, I've been watching the uh, development streams. Um, and it, it looks a lot like Spelunky, but I haven't played it yet. Hmm. So. Is it, so is it like an early access game? It is currently, yeah. Okay. Cool. That'll maybe afford us the opportunity to talk about early access in general. Which, yeah. Okay, yeah. Which I would not mind chatting with you gents about. Somebody, uh, somebody who's listening to this podcast wanted to chat with us gents about something. Kevin, how would they go about sending in a listener's mail to us? Uh, they'd go to our website, videogameshotdog.com. And they would type in uh, a question or a comment into our web-based form. Mm, web-based, huh? Yeah. Sounds like the future. It does. That's it. That's that is it. Do. That is really it. Yep. If you want to hang out <laughs> with us on Twitter and say some stuff, you can find us at VG Hot Dog. Yep. You can find us individually at our Twitter names, which we've mentioned in the last two shows, so we're not going to mention them this time. Since <laughs> this episode number is divisible by four. It's really not. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. Only rate the shows that are divisible by four, though, or Kevin gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like chatting with him in oblivion. Yep. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, this has been uh, this has been fun, recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you fellas, and I hope we do mm -hmm. it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do... Keep your legs in the coffee table and keep touching the espresso machine. <laughs> Good night. Till next week. Yeah, have a great week, everybody. Have you been storing a lot of balloons and cats? The sun and, and tree roof cats. 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 Cats.